Hey, everybody. Good evening, Mercy Street. It's good to be with you. Um, if I haven't met you, this is your first time. We just want to welcome you. I am one of the pastors here at Mercy Street, and I will tell you, the room is alive tonight. Um, I walked in here with a thousand different things going on, and I could just feel the energy coming off of each of you, and, and you can even see it in the way that you were sharing uh, your stories tonight. And so thank you for coming and just being you. Um, and coming into this space. And um, you can tell, uh, we've already said it's a baptism service. That's what we're celebrating today. We got the, uh, the baptism pool over there, which actually happens only once a year. Typically, we just um, pour the water over um, during baptism. And so this time, we're actually going to do an immersion. And so this will be my first time uh, getting in a pool because that's not the tradition I was raised in. But I'm excited. So um, I'm excited to celebrate alongside. And I'm also grateful that it's warm water. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, it'll be a little bit more comfortable than I thought it was going to be. Um, but thank you uh, for being here. This is our second week into a brand new series in 2024. We're saying grace changes everything. We live and we give grace. Last week, we talked about um, the grace that we experience at the table um, and the Methodist Church with Mercy Street is under that umbrella. Um, but we celebrate two sacraments. One is at the table, uh, the table that Jesus set, the invitation for each of us to come and taste and see that God is good. We have this tangible expression of bread and cup and the words that Jesus offered to us of giving of his life, giving of his body, giving of his blood, the sacrifice to reconcile us to him offered to us. And we have this action that we get to participate. We all, those who chose to come forward, we came and we stepped forward. Some of us a little scared, some of us joyfully walking forward. And we have our hands out ready to receive this, this gift, this gift of grace. And the other sacrament that we celebrate within the church is baptism. This beautiful initiation into the church. And so tonight we're also going to talk about Jesus actually himself was baptized. We're going to read about this story, and we're going to be reading about it from the Gospel of Mark. But interestingly enough, in this text, we meet John the Baptist and Jesus. And this isn't the first time, because just a few weeks ago, we read stories in our Advent and Christmas season about the family of John the Baptist and about Jesus and how they came and how God's story was unfolding. And so we saw this beautiful story of the two babies inside, their mothers, and the joy that leaped between them when they met as Elizabeth and Mary were consoling each other, were supporting each other. There was this connection of joy. But yet in the Gospel of Mark, we don't hear about Jesus as a baby. We don't hear about the birth story. We hear right here at the very beginning, before Jesus enters into his public ministry, there is a display of the beautiful God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we see this come to life. So I'm going to invite Joe to come up and read our scripture for us today. Hi there. So this is Mark 1, uh, 4 through 11. Can y'all hear me? Is the mic going? It's on. Okay. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. 
John wore clothing made of camel's hair with leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And the voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Awesome. This is the word of God. Thanks be God. Thank you so much, Joe. I love this story for many reasons. One, it's this kind of peculiar thing to start off right here. There's this proclamation. This is the telling before we even see really what Jesus' ministry is all going to be about. And we see both John the Baptist being willing to follow in the calling that was placed upon his life to clear the way for the one to come. And here Jesus is being faithful to God's plans for his life and willing to step forward, blameless, but stepping forward in this beautiful service of baptism. Now, I don't know about you, but some of you might have some weird feelings about baptism. Even in this story, there's some weird stuff about a dove descending and heaven opening up and the Holy Spirit and water. And we also hear the words about sinfulness. And I don't know about you, but sometimes that makes me feel a sort of kind of way. Feeling not enough of our brokenness, of our limitations and our humanity. And sometimes that is the very reason we stay out of this room completely. And so I want you to know if you're feeling that way, you are welcome in this space. This is a space that we can process that. But let's break down what is baptism. I'm going to ask the, the slide to come up. In short, baptism involves saying no to the things that lead us away from God, newness of life, a relationship with Christ, and receiving the Holy Spirit and inclusion into the church. So let's break that down. We get to say no to the things that lead us away from God. Those who are getting baptized are going to make that proclamation. We say no to sin, which sin is a word that can mean so many different things, but this is the separation. This is the things of our addictions. This is the lies. This is the isolation. These are the idols that we can place our value, our hearts, our minds, our trust before God. It is also the structures of evil all around us that have put us in places where we make choices that maybe we shouldn't be, putting ourselves before others. Yes, baptism washes away this sin. Moreover, holy baptism promises this ongoing forgiveness of sin and this relationship with God. This is both important and central to our understanding of what happens in this pool. Baptism provides something new, and this is what I've always loved about this text. And specifically, I will always hold Greg Taylor, when he would do baptism here in this service, 
He would say, you are a beloved daughter. You are a beloved son. You are a beloved child of God. When we hear these words proclaimed from heaven to Jesus, how does that make you feel? This belovedness, this name, this identity to whom God unfailingly commits this covenant relationship. God declares who Jesus is, the name and the identity that will start his ministry into the world. But this is the identity that we all get to take on when we decide to say no to those things and yes to God. The other thing I mentioned is this newness of life. Grace changes everything. The text that we read last week, one of my favorite things is it, it, it with this beautiful imagery about we don't have enough containers to hold the things that God gives us, this grace. I almost think that sometimes grace is just this undeserved favor of God, this love, this mercy that God gives us, okay? I think sometimes we come and, and we do this with God. We expect God to just give us this tiny little portion not recognizing that if we just get bucket after bucket or bring a dump truck in, that God's grace would pour down all around us. God's grace is sufficient and more lavish than we could ever imagine. So much so that it brings about transformation, this newness of life. The old ways of our living, the old ways of our thinking and doing are going away. And we step into this new identity as beloved and live into this new way, this radical change. But guess what? We don't do this on our own. We don't have to figure this out on our own because the next step is this relationship with Christ. As I said, this is the beginning of the Gospel of Mark. Throughout the rest of the ministry, we learn about who this Jesus is. It puts skin on, on who God is, what God is about. By the interactions that we see of who Jesus spent his time with, the teachings that he had about love and mercy and forgiveness and of service to others, but also who the heart that he had for all the people, the outcasts, the ones on the fringe, and for you and for me. And we are gifted at the Holy Spirit. Now, I would love if a dove would come down all of a sudden and maybe God has some tricks out behind us, but the Holy Spirit is this energy that I felt in this room. Did you feel it when you walked in? This energy, this, this thing that's uniting us all as one. It's the air that we breathe. It is the presence. It's the very life force that each and every one of us has and that is gifted to each and every one of us. Not to just be around us, but to dwell within us. In our baptism, we create a space to embody God's spirit. We get to live and breathe and walk around in this newness, and we are strengthened and empowered by the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the last one is the inclusion into the church. And I think this is so important because so much in our life, we go out into these individual journeys about our spiritual, of what is spirituality, what is God to me, and that is great. And sometimes that's where people stay, in this beginning form of who is God, 
my understanding of God. But the only thing that I will say is at that point, it is very individualized. The thing that sets us apart as the Christian church is that we are baptized not just for ourselves, by ourselves. We are baptized into the relationship with God and into the union with the church. You're going to even see in the vows that we say tonight that it's not just the ones who are saying yes to God tonight. It is all of us who we have an action, a place to support, to pray, to walk alongside those who are being included into the church. I don't know about you, but I searched the world for a place that I felt like I could belong. It was so tied up in my addiction that I constantly felt like I had to change who I was to fit in with this crowd. To be something different, I kind of had that chameleon effect. Anybody else experience that? They figure that, oh, I can impress this group if I do this, if I say the right thing over here. So much so that I didn't know who I was. And that sense of belonging was always a mirage. It was further and further away. And so the idea to be beloved, that's, that's what I was longing for, desperate for that I finally experienced when I had this curious posture that that claim, that identity was for me. That no matter my limitations or the human experience or the sin or the brokenness that I experienced, that God's grace was for me. And it is for you. But I will say, this is kind of a, a skeptical story, right? Anybody about the bird or... The fact that Jesus, who is supposed to be king, right, we said he came in a strange way, and yet Jesus himself is humbling himself to allow John to baptize him. That God would allow this to be the entrance of his ministry, of his beloved. And Jesus, the one worthy of our praise. But what do we find impossible to believe about this story? That God could appear in such a familiar way, by the river, with water, and submit himself to the baptism that he asked each and every one of us to do. Our baptism binds us to all of humanity, not just in theory, but in flesh, that we become one body. We are brothers and sisters. We are God's beloved not because we did anything to earn it. We said that a lot. There's nothing you can do to earn God's love, but because God insists that he is going to love us no matter what. We, though, always have a choice. No matter what, you have the choice to accept this gift. We have a choice. Most of the time, I don't want it. Sometimes I wish God would just reveal himself and say, okay, this is what you're doing. But no, every time I have the choice, the choice to realize and admit I am powerless, that I have sinned, that I have messed up. No matter how many times God shows up in my life, I am free to ignore him. No matter how many times God calls me beloved, I can choose self-loathing. No matter how many times I remember my own baptism, I'm free to try to take back all the dirt that the water 
cleansed me of, that God cleansed me of. No matter how many times I reaffirm my vow to seek and to serve Christ in all persons, I'm at liberty to just walk away and reject that. We all are given that choice. And I say that because there's lots of questions and doubts of what if I say yes today? What if I'm not ready for that commitment? What if I don't have all my life together? And I would say step forward with the little bit of faith that you have right now. That God's grace meets you in that. When he says, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. I have always wanted to hear those words. What about you? Have you heard people call you loved, beloved? Have you heard those words declared over you? We come together in worship because we need to hear over and over again that God loves us. A few of the lay council in Mercy Street met this weekend, and we talked about what the vision is for 2024 and where we're hoping to go and what is our message. And we talked about, we say we create a safe harbor, and we talked about a lighthouse and what would be the message, the lighthouse, the light that's going out to those in the sea that are maybe looking for a safe place to come. And I love it because I think we just keep saying that God loves you, that God loves you. If you are looking for a place to hear that God loves you, to come in and experience that grace for yourself, this is a place. This is why we gather on Saturday nights. We gather together to hear that. We come together in worship because sometimes our well runs dry. We need to be refreshed by the living waters of that baptism. Maybe tonight you're going to be invited if you just need to take your hand and feel the water and feel the refreshness that God wants to revive in your soul and in your life. We come together as the body of Christ because sometimes life is so hard that we don't have the words, the prayers, the songs to sing, that we are maybe at a place that is empty. And sometimes we need the community, those who are around us, to sing those songs over us. Sometimes the community will pray over us. Sometimes the community speaks words of faith that we have trouble speaking ourselves, maybe even believing. And we just need those words and those songs and prayers to wash over us, reminding us of God's love, reminding us of the waters of baptism. God has called us and claimed each and every one of us his own, his beloved. That's the story of our baptisms. That's the story we are telling today of what Jesus set for us and that Jesus has called each and every one of us. That is the story worth living into.